Hello, and welcome to the commentary for The Kingery. This is Season 3, Episode 12, uh, also known as Episode 36. The title of this episode is Thunderstruck, and the writer is Jeffrey Bridges, who's with me today on the call. Welcome, Jeffrey. Thank you very much, Perry. Good to be here. And also with us is Assistant Director Christopher Stodder. Hi, Chris. Hello. So, let's see. Um, this, uh, this is me, Perry Whittle. Uh, this is my last ep- um, Kingery episode as director, and so... Um, the previously music is B-Bang by David Alexander McDonald, or perhaps that's pronounced B-Bang. I don't really know. Um, and this was the song that I used for the first episode that I directed, which was season 12, episode 5, and I sort of wanted to go out the way I started. So here it is. And Tracy Hall said previously, uh, she plays Regina now. Yes. How the fuck did you even know about And... Let's see. We're still listening to the previously. But pretty soon, the episode is going to start. And uh, let's see. It's, uh, there are a lot of, lot of, lot of scenes. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> we, sh- we shared the work on them. So let me just say this. Chris fully directed the scenes at the spaceport. I fully directed the last scene. Everywhere else, Chris cut the dialogue together and I added the sound effects. Very nice. So I think, and if, if I'm wrong about that, um, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll, it'll never be corrected. Yep. So we'll, we'll just live with the lie. Okay, so here it is. We're starting, Jeffrey. Yes, we are. My God. <laughs> Season finale. And we started with some gunshots. Yeah. It's always good to start to a season finale. And we have Michael King playing Shimizu, Pete Milan playing Tommy Arkell, M. Sierra Garcia playing Major, Shane Nolan playing Devi, and Renee Christine Jones playing Sox. You know, I was going to say, um, this episode, from the outline and the way I initially intended to write it, wasn't going to be this action-packed, you know, wall-to-wall action, you know, kick-everyone's-ass episode. But um, with uh, episode, uh, the previous episode, uh, season three, episode eleven, the way Pete ended that episode, which was it was just a great ending. Yes. But I felt like it ramped things up so much, and it, like as an audience member reading it, I got so excited and I was so psyched for the next episode that I felt like if we didn't pick it up directly from there and build on it and build on it and build on it, that it was going to be a letdown for the audience. Because um, Pete had said he initially thought maybe, you know, it would, we'd pick up like a day or a week or something later after that scene. And I think that's kind of how the outline was initially written. But I, I just felt like people would be like, oh, what, they just got out of there and it was no big deal? That would have just been a big letdown after his excellent build up. So I tried to sort of pay off and deliver on, on what he'd sort of promised was coming. So um, thanks so much for setting that up, Pete, and making yeah. me read you the whole episode. Yeah. In my head, but no, I think it worked out for the best. So truly, thanks to Pete for for setting that up, for writing you into a corner that you had to fight your way out of. Oh, but it was so much fun, and I loved it. Yes, yes. So we just um, drove out of the um, garage in the truck. Kablang! And uh, I wanted to say that there's not much music in this episode because I thought there was just too much stuff going on to add music. 
Yeah, there there is quite a bit going on. It doesn't really let up. There's like that one. Um, it feels like a sort of little uh, mini break at the first spaceport scene before the the sniper starts going after Maddie. But after that, it's just straight on all the way through. Yeah. Yeah. And here, I um, I like the nice leather stretchy noise for Major's belt here. And I found some older car noises, um, which I time-stretched, which I thought gave them sort of an interesting growling sound, and I used that throughout the episode for the cars um, that Shimizu's gang is driving. Very cool. Pull the fucking trigger, Major! Yeah, at least for the dialogue here, uh, uh, I believe M had a bunch of ad-libs all together here, and uh, I just strung them all together as though she was trying to aim the entire way through instead of... The script had it, you know, she says, uh, almost there, and then uh, Tommy comes in with something, so I just I strung it through because, I don't know, it, it seemed like... I wanted that little bit of suspense that, oh, oh, you know, it's like making the run on the uh, Death Star. <laughs> Almost there! Almost there! <laughs> right. Uh, you know, I don't remember if it was this um, exact scene here, if we talked over it, or if it's coming up in a minute or two, but there's a, a line from Socks where she says she can't die because she's too precious. Um, that line I originally had in the script, and I liked it, and Renee, who plays Socks, liked it, but the rest of the uh, uh, Kikiri writers felt that it may have been a bit out of character, so I took it back out of the script. And Renee told me that she was upset the line was gone, so I said, well, you're playing socks, throw it in an ad-lib with it if you want, and lo and behold, it's in the episode, so apparently you guys used it. So, <laughs> Renee's line lives on. Very good. Oh, fuck. That ain't as easy as it used to be. That was genius, just like the old days. So we've got some thunderclaps uh, scattered throughout this episode, Jeffrey, and I presume that had something to do with the uh, title that you came up with. It did, it did, it did. Um, When I was thinking about the episode, um, it all sort of revolved around getting to that that end point, obviously that very last moment where this is huge moment in Tommy's life. And um, that was the word that sort of best summed up, you know, how he felt through that entire last scene, you know, with everything that was going on. And it, um, I, I kind of wanted to use that. We haven't really had much in the way of uh, outdoor scenes or effects in Kingery. There hasn't been a lot of outside stuff. And so I thought it would be really cool to hear some rain and some thunder and to sort of tie that in. And, and the goal when I was writing the script is that the thunder sort of coincidentally comes around anytime Tommy makes a rather important decision that will lead to the end of the episode. So um, uh, if you hear one, that's, it's sort of like a changing point. At least that's when I put them in the script is, is when something changes, when he makes a decision that's going to affect something else that's going to you know just build up and lead to the end. So. And there went one right there. Yeah, I think that was the first, yeah. Uh, I think there was one in while they were in the garage, but it, it sounded oh, outside. But Right, 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 yeah, when yeah. he makes the decision to, to barrel out through the door. Yeah. And now we've got the first spaceport scene, and Anna Rodriguez plays the PA announcer, and Alicia Lane Matheson plays Madeline Gray. And the music is Kick Mood by David Alexander MacDonald. 
And here I wanted to have the music to help um, indicate that this scene is located somewhere other than the street where where Tommy was. Uh, right. Because when I was mixing the, the whole thing together, it seemed like moving from the street to the spaceport, it wasn't entirely clear what was going on. Right. I think that was a good choice. And I really liked um, uh, coming up at the end of the scene when... Uh, the bullets start, and in the other space sport scene where you can hear the gunshot from far away and you can almost like hear the bullet coming in and, and hitting next to her, and I really like the mixing on that. It was very well done. Uh, you, can yeah. thank, uh, you can thank Perry because he had me redo that one a couple times because uh, it didn't seem like it was far enough away. Ah. Yeah. Yeah, and then Chris made it work. And Anna Rodriguez... You can hate me, hate me rather than Chris, because I was the one who suggested that it might be fun to have the PA announcement so garbled that it was indecipherable. And um, so it was going on through that entire scene anyway. Yes. So Anna um, provided some very lovely takes, um, which we totally messed up. And now let's see. Uh, we're back on the road. It's um, Pete Milan playing Tommy Arkell, Perry Whittle, that's me, playing Hooks, M. Sierra Garcia playing Major, Shane Nolan playing Devi, Renee Christine Jones playing Sox. Yeah, this episode, uh, well, okay, in the episode in, uh, in general, I tried to do a bunch of different uh, things with sound effects and sound cues than I have in any of the other uh, uh, scripts, audio drama scripts I've written. And in this scene, I think, is, is one of the first where I, I set it up with um, Tommy calling Hooks on his phone, where you hear Tommy make the call, and then you hear Hooks' Hooks's phone ring slightly, you know, off to the side, and you don't need the dialogue to tell you what's going on there. You know, you can know. And it's, it was very interesting trying to write things like that with just the sound effects, but you could tr still try to make it clear what was going on. So... But I, I really liked the way it came out. I thought it was really cool. Right. Well, good. Well, so I hope that you can tell now that Tommy is uh, starting to move the crates of Behold using an anti-grav unit. Right? That's clear. And then uh, Debbie runs over and starts trying to help him. Those are great sound effects for the, the anti-grav unit, by the way. Very futuristic. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yes, it's funny. I mean, that's that's sort of been the whole, um, the sort of director's vision of the kingery is not too darn futuristic because um, uh, the more futuristic you get, the more just like soundy it sounds. It just sounds like sounds. And so, I mean, uh, from when Seth started, Seth Adam sure started directing, uh, he used more or less contemporary sound effects. Uh, with the occasional sort of science fiction sounds thrown in, right. like we, like uh, Chris did at the beginning of the spaceport scene with the spaceship landing, mm -hmm. or the or the door opening, or whatever that was, which I thought was really really wonderfully done. I think that's what what makes uh, things work a lot better in a show like this too, where you have something so completely outrageous like uh, Soul, you know, but so you have to ground everything else in more reality. And and this here, by the way, is the the first scene I ever wrote for anything ever that was just a sound effect scene. Uh, I think that was it, wasn't it? That just went past. So, I think there's an. I think there's a longer one coming up. I think that's okay. that's. Where that might have just been the tail of that, right? Okay. Yeah, they just go chasing yeah. off and. Um, <laughs> I'd never written a scene with just sound effects before, so that was really interesting to do. <laughs> right, and now we're in motion for like the next 15 minutes or so. Yep, all the way till the end. 
And now we've got Paul Lavelle as Officer Brannis joining in. And again, kick mood is the background sound. And, uh, oh, I wanted to say that Hooks and Brannis have all, have all been taking driving lessons from Jill because they all use the same kind of um, drive up and squeal to a stop. Get the hell out of here. Hopefully he'll follow. Roger that. We got three teams moving into the port. We'll get them. And now we're inside the cop car. And so um, I was trying to give some sort of uh, – we, we keep moving from the inside of the squad car to the exterior of the squad car. That is the uh, Tommy's truck. Right. And eventually the squad car is going to catch up to the truck. And so I wanted to be able to move back and forth from inside to outside without having um, a discontinuous siren. I wanted the siren sound to be continuous all the way through. So I had to like put in one long continuous siren sound and then filter it to make it sound like you're either hearing it clear from the outside or muffled from the inside. And so I kept moving those things and adding the filters in and out to several different sirens. Well, it worked brilliant. That was like a ton of work. And let's see. Um, Bernadette Groves plays the um, police dispatcher. And on the radio, I tried to give it some sort of techno noise. Like it's not a contemporary radio. It's something from the future, but still somewhat recognizable. So I hope that that worked. It's just the radio of the future, you know. That's what yeah. You folks out there, we we have this this tendency in the Kingery scripts to just write in whatever object you know people need to hear, and then just put "of the future" in all caps next to it. So that's what we do. Yeah, I, I noticed that. <laughs> yes. Uh, phone ring of the future. <laughs> exactly. Right. And we uh, just must be, we just talked through the the sound effects only yeah. scene. Yeah, <laughs> it really worked though. I really liked the panning, and then you could hear the cars following after each other and the sirens. And I, I thought it came out really cool. Right. And for anybody who needs the dialogue to help them understand what was going on, first you heard Tommy's truck, and then Shimizu's cars. Those were the ones that were shooting, and then cop cars, and then Brannis and Maddie whipped around the corner and went off in the same direction. Yeah. And um, so I thought it would be right there. I thought it would be fun and sound good if this radio message from Maddie was audible outside the car, mm-hmm. as if it's also coming over some sort of exterior speakers. And um, I hope that helped people understand what was going on. Yeah, I think that worked a lot better than what I had heard just sort of shouting it into the radio. So yeah. I think that was a good call. I thought I thought it just added some interesting texture. And Pete Milan, great laughing. Yeah, he sure sounds um, like he's having fun, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah. I, I chose the the greatest laughs uh, out of, for those dialogues. He had some regular laughs, but the ones that made him sound sort of like Joker-esque, <laughs> I love. Yeah. And when Pete sent in his lines, he also sent along a comment. He said, so much yelling. And... Um, Alicia and I both noted that we got headaches from performing this episode because there was so much tension and yelling and stuff. Oh, God, everyone's mad at me now. 
And in the in the season two finale, I said that I was, I was you remember Jeffrey? I said that I liked it when Tommy and Maddie had a conversation while in the midst of a gun battle. Yeah. So here, here we go, go again. <laughs> yeah, this was another bit of the um, the uh, uh, different sound effect stuff trying with you know, and then Maddie calling Tommy when he's right there. And uh, this scene, by the way, uh, the the quote unquote reach around. Uh, scene. It's, I think it's the, the brief one when we go back to the car and Brandon Smith is like, why is she giving him a reach around? Yeah. I thought people were going to hate that and wanted it out because I put it in just to make a reach around joke. But I remember Pete specifically said that there was no way in hell I was taking that out of the script. So uh, you get your reach around joke. And the ringtone is Fan Dancers by David Alexander McDonald. And... Um, in finding it, I tried to find the sexiest thing, the sexiest music that would cut through the sea of sound that I'd created, and that was what I came up with. It sure worked. It really stood out. And also, I filtered it to make it sound a little tinnier, and right. I had it um, boosted way up at the beginning, and then I brought it down later on so it didn't cover up everything. They're getting too close. I see them. But yeah, I like the I like the heart-to-heart talk during the gunfight. Yeah, and sometimes I get a little too uh, uh, enamored with things, which you can see in this episode, where I, I suddenly decided that Jesus fuck was about the greatest insult or, or curse I'd ever heard. And um, from the very first scene where it's two different people saying it, and Tommy's like, what? These two words together? And then he uses it, and then uh, it, you can sort of see it travel between people as each of them hear it, then they each use it, and someone else hears it, and they use it, and I don't know. I was a little too enamored with it myself. So. Uh, yes, I gave up trying to count the number of times it happened. And then some people started ad-libbing it, I think. Did they? Yeah, yeah they definitely did. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> some of those people actually read the whole script, yeah, and decided they had to get in on the action. There's some great effects here, by the way. All I was... the crashing and the smashing, it's just... Fantastic. Yeah, and this is the second time I tried to whip the truck from the side to side in the stereo field. I don't, I don't know if nice. you notice it. Maybe I did it too fast, but I, I tried to give the impression of being out of control and whipping back and forth. No, it totally felt that way. And, and I want to say that through all of that up through this and even through the very end of the scene, well, the first time I listened to this episode, I, I felt so tense. My like chest was tight, and I, I was like not breathing enough. And I wrote this thing. And so I, I never thought it would come out that awesome. So complete, complete kudos to both of you guys for making that just the most amazing, tense, unbelievable action to end this, this season on. It was just, it was brilliant. Well, thank you. And thank you for giving us um, such an interesting and challenging script to, write, uh, to uh, work with, Jeffrey. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're sending the assassins later, I bet you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And the script here asks for a fire, but when I had, when I put the fire in, it sounded just like rain, so I left it out. So we just got the rain and the distant highway. Sorry, Jeffrey. No, no, that works great. This was that's a better choice. If you had to pick one of the two, the rain over the fire, absolutely. Yeah, so. yeah definitely. Someone in there. And so pretty soon we're going to hear Fiona Thrail as Sylvia Arkell. And, oh my gosh, I thought Fiona's performance was just incredible. It, it choked, absolutely was. It choked me up when I was just listening to her takes. And it did the same thing to Chris when he cleaned the lines. And, um, boy, then we mixed it all together, and I don't know what happens now. 
Yeah, that that line that um, Pete gave as Tommy right after she dies, it's just, you could hear, like, the slightest little crack of emotion in his voice, and it's just, man, brilliant stuff. Yeah. That's why I added that. That was an ad lib of his. And I thought, wow, that fits just perfectly. Right, it's great. Great work, Pete and Chris. The family was weak. How is that? Shimizu is alive. Not for long. Arkel. Not a glorious end for old Shimizu. Right. And Shimizu is dead. And thank you, Michael King, for all the marvelous yes, smarmy absolutely. Shimizu performances that you've delivered. It was delightfully greasy. Yes. If it's retaliation in kind. And thank you also to Fiona Thrale. You've been marvelous as Sylvia Arkell this season. She has. She will be greatly missed. I was thinking she might come back in season four. She's not in the outline yet, but, you know, use the force, Tommy. <laughs> you never like know. That. You could always write a flashback. <laughs> That's right. And the pause, absolutely perfect timing. Boy, Major punched me, and a leg's broken, and Debbie's bleeding out, and Hooks is freaking out. Usually I'm always um, pestering Chris to tighten things up, and um, there was a place where I thought it needed longer, a longer pause, so I added in a little more space. I think the fade-out may have been too fast, but I thought it was right at the time but it may have gone a little too fast. Anyway, I hear the theme music. That means it's pretty much time to go. Bruce Buzzy is going to... Oh, sorry. Bruce Busby <laughs> is going to read the credits. He does a wonderful job. Season three, Before we go, anything, anybody got anything else to say? The voice Other than that, you've done a great job, Perry. Okay. Yeah, Perry, you just... The time and effort you've put into this show is just phenomenal, so... I just I, I want to thank you for all of the, the fantastic work you've done for, for... I don't know how long now, how many months, but quite a long time, so... Well done, sir. Thank you so much. Thank you, and I want to say kudos to everybody who contributed to this episode. As I'm stepping down as director, I'll, I'll still be around as Hooks and one of the writers. And as I step out the door, I want to say thanks to all the folks who've administered pendant lines and helped track down late and lost lines. Alicia Lane Matheson, Jennifer Smith, Jeffrey Bridges, anybody else who did that and helped out. Um, thanks also to David Alexander McDonald for the great music library that contributes so much to the sound of the Kingery. Um, thank you for the informal director support network, including Seth Adam Schur, Bruce Busby, Jeffrey Bridges, and all of my assistant directors, and all the actors who've contributed to the Kingery. Thank you for your time and talent. The Kingery's going to take a break, and then Christopher Stoddard will be back with the start of Season 4 on July 2nd, 2010. Bye now. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.